There is more to cybersecurity than the technology, and it's focused more on the human element, more about that behavior and the psychological aspect and the emotional aspect of the human. A lot of cybersecurity breaches happen not just because of the technology, but they happen because of the psychological approach that's taken. That was Sam Hanna, our guest today on the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. Sam's here to talk about why cyber criminals are obsessed with hospitals and how protecting patient information advances care. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global management consulting firm Oliver Wyman. To learn more, follow us on Twitter at OWHealthEditor and subscribe on iTunes. Hello, and welcome to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. I'm Sam Glick, a partner in the health and life sciences practice here at Oliver Wyman. In this episode, I'm delighted to be speaking with Sam Hanna, professor of healthcare management policy and strategy at George Washington University. Formerly a consultant, Sam served as the chief HIPAA security and privacy officer at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Nice to be here, Sam. Thank you. It's good to be chatting with another Sam, and you're you're certainly here to talk about a hot topic, uh, not just in healthcare, but I think in every industry. Uh, it feels like every day we see a news article about a data leak, a data breach, Facebook, um, you know, everything that's going on uh, as the world becomes more virtual and as data becomes uh, ever more digital and ever more portable. Um, how do we get ahead of this? Are cyber criminals always going to be ahead of our best security tools and our best systems? Um, are we ever, as a as a society and certainly as a healthcare industry, going to be able to get ahead of these problems? I think that's a great question. And generally, you know, I think we should probably step back from that first and realize that the healthcare industry and health in general is an industry that's extremely dependent on information and data. And because of that dependence, there is always the need for that security and, and, and privacy apparatus that needs to be uh, in place around this, around the data. Um, that said, a lot of the, the breaches that you hear about in the news often um, are not really um, uh, conducted or performed uh, uh, with the use of, of technology. Sometimes they are really psychological and, and things like phishing and things like that. So um, it's a lot of it is behavioral, and you know, so it's a combination of technology and behavior that needs to be addressed in order for this to to be something that we can tackle and handle going forward. Because this this issue of cyber security and cyber attacks is pervasive, and it's going to continue to be with us as long as we continue to use and and implement and grow our data marts. Got it. Say more about that. I think often we think of cybersecurity as a technical problem, but what are examples of the behavioral side? So, you know, we think of te- technically when we think of cyber, we think of you know zeros and ones. We think of you know uh, intrusions and and hacks. Uh, we think of you know a hacker sitting on one side uh, trying to break into a system and stealing records, for example, or charging a ransom for re- releasing records. Uh, but in reality, a lot of the, the issues and the data leakage issues that we encounter happen internally within the organization first, either through errors or through some fraudulent activities. Um, in addition to that, we have you know things like uh, email phishing when when somebody tr- tries to get into the organization 
by sending an email with a with a link, a malicious link that leads them somewhere to steal a password, uh, for example. Um, and to address that, you have to think about uh, creating an overall ecosystem or a culture of resilience within that organization whereby the employees, staff, the clinicians, for example, are aware of what these situations are, tactics are, how to address them and how to report them and alleviate that problem. So it is a combination of both technology and culture and behavior uh, you know, in terms of awareness and training that uh, combined will give us that posture that we need for resilience. Got it. And so what, what you just described, Sam, sounds like a lot more than a CIO problem. Um, it sounds like it's an overall culture problem. If, if I'm the CEO of a health system or a health plan or some other major player in healthcare, what are the things I should be watching personally versus the things I really can delegate to my, my IT team? Uh, absolutely. So one of the things that I often speak about with various clients and, and various sources is that um, f for us to be successful in safeguarding our patient information um, within our health ecosystem, wherever that may be, first we have to realize that this industry is highly targeted uh, by, by cyber criminals because of the sensitivity of the data that, that we have. Uh, medical records, you know, can hold tremendous amounts of information, you know, private information about the patients, those consumers of health that we talk about. Um, and also, so if you're the CEO or, or any executive in an organization, this is not just an IT problem. This is uh, an exist, existential problem uh, for, for this uh, health system that we have. And... Um, it goes back to awareness, you know, uh, setting the tone at the top. So that executive and that executive um, group needs to set the tone that we need to have this awareness. Everybody needs to understand that this is a critical issue that we need to invest, not just in the technology and the resources to combat and defend against cyber attacks, but also be proactive in terms of education, in terms of developing and launching awareness campaigns, training programs, and really disseminating a lot of that information broadly in our education of our workforce. That way they know what to look for and how to create an overall culture of awareness, not just a culture that's dependent on, let's say, the IT group or a security group um, within that organization. I also think it's really important that um, we in healthcare uh, for the longest time have been laggards in terms of um, investment in technology and the latest innovations around security and privacy. And I think it's really important going forward that we invest not just the time and effort, but also the money and resources um, into upgrading our IT operations, our IT security apparatus, um, and also training our, our security personnel um, with the latest technology and, and to help them, you know, combat some of these issues that we see and we hear about often. Got it. And Sam, Sam, help me with something you said at the beginning, which is I think it's intuitive to many people why credit card information is a great uh, target of interest for hackers and cyber criminals, why bank account information might be, right? There's a really direct benefit to somebody who steals that information. What's so attractive about medical information? 
for one thing, you know, financial information when it's stolen. So when your credit card is stolen, um, you know, obviously it can compromise your credit. For example, um, the the criminals may be able to charge certain purchases on it. But typically, you know, the way the industry has been mobilizing around this, they they basically can shut that credit card down, and they would not hold you liable for these charges. So it's a quick fix, and you can just cancel a credit card and issue another one. In a medical record, when a medical record is stolen or compromised, and that information leaks and becomes, you know, it does not, it's not private anymore, um, you cannot reissue that medical record. You cannot suspend the information within that record. Um, you cannot just issue a new credit card in that case. Plus, that information in that medical record, and now with the advent of additional data that we are holding in some of these medical records, like genomics information, um, you know, medications, all of these things, they can provide a very powerful source of information about that individual. So we are really uh, playing with a very serious breach when a medical record is, is compromised and stolen. Um, and that can really impact that individual, you know, in, an, in a very adverse way. Um, you know, that could be posted online, for example. It can, you know, uh, create a, you know, a huge issue in terms of reputation risk, in terms of uh, privacy issues around that person, um, in terms of uh, potential, um, uh, you know, uh, ransom situations where, where the cyber attacker could, could hold the record and threaten to release it publicly um, unless they receive uh, some sort of a payment. So, you know, it is much more critical and much more important. Plus, we as a society, we value our privacy um, and our medical information, and we look at that as extremely different from the way we handle our banking information. Because we know, for example, we've learned over the years that if a credit card number is stolen, it can be replaced and we wouldn't be charged for those charges. But in the medical sense, if our record is, is compromised, that, that hits home uh, with the person. It's, a, it's a really an invasion of privacy um, for that patient and that consumer. So it's, it's a different mindset the way we approach it you know, in our society as we think of these, uh, these medical record leakage. Got it. Got it. And you mentioned that this, the other thing you mentioned was that uh, healthcare, as we all know, is late uh, in terms of investing in technology. Does that hurt us or help us as an industry? Um, put another way, are the electronic health records and the claim systems and the consumer platforms and everything we're putting in, are they the latest in technology because we're late to invest or, or are we now putting in technology that's going to need a bunch of cybersecurity patches, so to speak? The existing uh, things like like the electronic health records and EMRs that we use and other ancillary systems associated with them, they are some of the latest, you know, the greatest and latest inform, you know, types of packages. However, there is, and as you know, a lot of the healthcare systems that we work with still have a lot of legacy systems, and they still operate, um, you know, what I would call ancient devices in some cases. Um, and the security around these things is either obsolete or just has not been upgraded in a very long time. So until we we do away with the legacy systems, 
systems and move to a much more robust, you know, current platforms, we're going to still have to tackle some of these issues. So building that perimeter around these these legacy systems, uh, creating those firewalls and the various checkpoints um, to prevent these cyber attacks is critical. Also, looking into the future, uh, having a, an EMR by itself is no longer going to be sufficient as we think about the whole patient um, in terms of precision medicine, in terms of the future of care, of healthcare, um, because we're going to continuously add additional devices. Uh, we already know, you know, you can plug your Fitbit information and have that attached to your medical record. You can potentially download your genetics information uh, into your medical record. You potentially could have additional information that's gathered around you through wearables, ingestibles, implantables that could all feed into your overall medical records. So as the medical record is no longer just held you know, on a server or in the cloud at a, at a hospital, it can be held by you on your phone, um, that opens up a whole new area, area uh, that's, that's, that's with high potential for compromise. So it is not just upgrading security you know, in the data center, for example. It's going to be upgrading security and thinking about that security and privacy layer in everything that we do. So as these medical devices are being developed, as these new innovations and technologies are, are you know, coming online, which we will see a lot more of them as 5G comes on board, um, we're going to need to be thinking about security and privacy in the design stage of these devices, not as an afterthought. And that's, that's part of that future posture that we need to have. Um, and we as patients need to be advocating for that because if we don't, we're going to see a whole lot more of, of the data leakage that we're hearing about now on the news almost daily. Got it. And so, so building on that, I mean, you, you spend your time at a research university. You run a master's program in, in just this subject. What is on the horizon for us in terms of cybersecurity? You know, we talk a lot about uh, AI and blockchain and all of these technologies and how they will change the consumer experience in healthcare. But how do they change the cybersecurity experience? Are those tools that help us or do they create new risks or both? Uh, it's it's both. Uh, so we have we have ways to, you know as we evolve as the healthcare system evolves evolves into a more data driven analytics driven healthcare system. We have uh, the ability to translate data into information that we can make decisions from, and that's fantastic because it really helps us in terms of you know treating that overall patient, not just at a point in time. So that patient is going to be monitored continuously possibly, uh, uh, the, the drug interactions, the reactions to treatments is going to always be monitored continuously so we can see the evolution of that patient as they are being treated. That said, that requires a lot of, a lot of technology, a lot of uh, things in terms of the Internet of Things, um, connected devices, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of these things that we hear about a lot. And these are all based on hardware and software. And we need to in infuse that layer of security and privacy into their design, as I mentioned earlier, 
but also we need to um, look at the right skill sets uh, in our organization that can continue to maintain and improve these these things in terms of the skill sets around security and privacy, around analytics. Um, we also need to be thinking about the overall education of the of the masses, not just the clinicians and the administrators on the side of the healthcare provider, but also the patients themselves. There's a lot of responsibility that comes to the patient when they hold their medical record on their phone, for example. So they have to be accountable for securing that and making sure that they that they are abiding by certain standards so that way their records don't get leaked or compromised. Um, so as I as we look at the future of health and the future workforce that's working in this space, you know, there are certain skill sets that um, a lot of employers are seeking and a lot of uh, employers in the health space that both payers, provider, pharma, uh, biotech, you name it, and even on the government side and the policy side, they're seeking people that are uh, well-versed in the technologies, but they're also able to step back and understand the why. And that's really important because oftentimes we see people jump to the how, how to fix something, but they don't really understand why they're fixing it. And I think that's the, that's the change, the evolutionary change that we're going to have to see in the healthcare, in the health ecosystem as a whole that's going to help us navigate these future challenges because with the introduction of additional devices and more and more robust technologies, we're going to have more and more challenges with that. So we need to have the right people uh, on both on all sides that are looking at this problem and trying to decipher the why so we can create everlasting solutions and not just uh, be patching things with band-aids. Absolutely. And it sounds like it's a it's another item we have to put on the list as we think about consumer behavior change related to healthcare. Uh, Sam, uh, we're at that point where I'll ask you the question we ask all of our podcast guests. If you had all of the time, money, space, talent in the world, what's the one thing you'd spend your time on to fix healthcare? Uh, and this is a this is a, a very broad question, and I think we in the healthcare system, people that have been working in this field for a long time, we have to shift our focus a little bit from thinking of healthcare as a reactive um, industry and make it more of a proactive industry. So we need to be thinking about healthcare not just as healthcare, but more as well care in terms of using technology and using our information that we have to make better decisions about our population and population health. Um, so, you know, all that being equal and having all the resources and the time and the money in the world, that's what, I, what the focus should be in the healthcare system around the preventive aspects of healthcare and then, and then furthermore, the targeted therapies alleviate the issues that may come uh, with some chronic conditions. So that would be my hope, uh, you know, for, for the industry as a whole. Well, I think we, we all hope that happens. Uh, Sam Hanna, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you so much. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. For more information on today's episode, visit health.oliverwyman.com 
Follow us on Twitter at OWHealthEditor and subscribe on iTunes.